Welcome to the one on one. When it comes to ratings, man, we number one. I get the truth, then I give them the scoop. If anybody got a question, I give them the proof. Welcome to the one on one. When it comes to ratings, man, we number one. I get the truth, then I give them the scoop. If anybody got a question, I give them the proof. Welcome to one on one at Legacy Lake Sports Network. Hello, everybody. Darrell Owens, Legacy Maker Sports Network, and welcome to the 30th edition of One on One here on the Legacy Maker Sports Network. And with me today, I this is this is my homie. You know, I've, <laughs> I've known her for some years now. We 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 bumped elbows in, in Washington D.C. on multiple occasions. Wizards games. I don't know. I mean, Mr. Yes. James, the Washington Football Team. Hurry up and get us back in games. All that <laughs> all that phenomenal stuff. My homegirl, she is the founder and CEO of Double Take Sports and of Parks PR, Karita Parks. Karita, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. And 30 is a milestone, so congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I tell you, it's funny because, you know, when I started this, you know, obviously COVID was smacking us upside the head and I was yes. trying to figure out exactly what I wanted to do, but it's something I've always wanted to do. Uh, you know, and a part of being a part of legacy, we want to help uh, tell people's legacies, how they build themselves, how they, you know, um, created um, their brands and all that good stuff. And today yeah. I know we got a great one because I I've seen in the last three years that I've known you, I I've seen the growth beyond years and I've seen the great things you've done. Uh, and and I'm just glad to have you on, Karita. Thank you. I appreciate that. Awesome, awesome. And of course, you know, we always start one on one, everybody with the check in. So Karita, we just want to check in on you, uh, your family and how everything's been going through COVID. We've been, it's been a wild month. I think when I first started the show, oh, it's been two months, it's been three months. Well, we're sitting in month seven. Uh, and, <laughs> yeah. it's, and it's not uh, closing out the way we want it to. Uh, but you know, with all the social injustice with the election, come, just so much going on. Yeah. Just tell us how things are going for you and your family. You know, considering all things, I'm doing fairly well. I've been able to try to have tunnel vision as much as possible and just work on some projects that I've been wanting to bring to fruition. And obviously not ignoring what's going on around me, but you have to kind of try to do your best to stay in a positive mindset. I will say the hardest thing is probably being here away from family, because I'm originally from Jacksonville, Florida. So I'm at least a 10 hour drive from family. So sometimes I'm like, oh, I just wish I was a little closer. I could just drive to my mom's house here and there. But, you know, I have some great friends and I've built some great relationships here. So they've been keeping me positive and we've been trying to actually just keep each other positive and stay connected because like you said, here we are in October and we have no idea when the end will be in sight and it's definitely shifted everyone's life in some way shape or form so this is definitely a time none of us will forget <laughs> well, we, I, right i don't think any of us will ever really forget uh this year i know i had a early in the, and when we started one-on-ones and someone said this uh 
you'll never 2020 will be in the history books it'll be one of those years yes. you're like man do y'all remember like you know how they all say oh the year 1969 now the the summer of love or whatever you'll remember this one you're okay. not forgetting 2020. <laughs> this will be in museums, okay? Like yes, this year is going to be in museums. And like you said, with the election on top of that, that's coming up. And I'm just like, oh, I'm like 2020. I can't take anymore. I'm exhausted. <laughs> so, I'm exhausted. I'm, I'm not even going to lie. I'm exhausted. I, I need a 2020 break. Uh, <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so ready for Don't that. Don't we all? <laughs> Oh, and also Duval, I just throw that in there yes. for you. Yes, <laughs> I love to hear it. <laughs> now, uh, Karita, you have, you know, you've um, been doing a lot in the sports world. Uh, you know, tell us where your passion of sports, where did it come from? What was that moment as a child that you said, man, this is, this is just something I love with all my heart and soul. Where did that passion for sports come from? For me, it, it's a combination of things. So... On one end, I grew up in a household. My mom, she was always watching some type of sport, whether it was football, basketball, tennis. I mean, she really watched a breath of sports. So that kind of got me into it, just being around her. And like I said, always watching it. But then on top of that, I come from a family that is track and field. So my mom ran track, my uncles, my aunts. And so I also ended up running track in middle school and high school. So you have that competitor side where I was involved in sports, but then you also have the spectator side. So I just feel like it ended up encompassing me. And as I got older, I was like, you know, I really want to be involved in this industry. And uh, and, see, and, and that's it's crazy because like, I think we all had that moment where you're like, all right, this is my, this is at that time, this is that yeah. place. And I, I think, you know, you know, obviously sports does that for you. I think the first time that I felt like, all right, this is, this is it for me. This is like, oh man, I, I'm, I'm in love with sports. Probably was when I was in eighth grade playing little league basketball. It was my first year playing organized sports and I hit a game winning shot. And I remember how important it was. I just remember like running across the court and thinking like, oh my God, I just hit the game winning shot. <laughs> I think that was the moment that like really triggered a, you know, a little bit of my love for sports. But then it was that, you know, that thing that just it just took over me. And, you know, I think watching SportsCenter every day, locking in, you know, right. learning, learning from some of the greats. Uh, you know, I think I listened to it in the morning, in the evening until I fell asleep, fell asleep, listening to SportsCenter, woke up listening to sports. <laughs> I mean, that's where it all came for me, but. Yeah, and it's like when you're younger, you know, you just kind of around it, but as you like get older and you start noticing it's not because of the people around you, it's actually something that you love. Right. Um, yeah, it just kind of came together for me. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. Now, yeah. of course, you've been in the journalism field uh, mm -hmm. in the sports world now for, for some years now, and you've got to do some big things. You've covered Super Bowls. I mean, you've, you've done some pretty big things in, uh, in the industry, but, you know, tell us where, uh, that moment you knew, okay, I'm ready to do sports journalism. What is one of what I want to do? I want to be a reporter. I want to do it all. When did that moment happen for you? And when did you know, um, that, that the sports journalism was going to be a part of your life? So it's interesting because my PR background kind of intersects with how I got into sports journalism in particular. So when I was younger, I actually, I used to write news scripts. Like I was really into the news. <laughs> and at that time, I didn't really know what it was. But then as I was approaching college, 
I was like, oh, you know, I want to be in journalism. But then real life kicked in and I was an adult and I was like, wait a minute, my <laughs> bills and the salary don't match up. So <laughs> I was like, hmm, let me like, you know, kind of look into something else. And so I was able to bring my passions together, the writing, just the media, working with media, all of that together with PR. So I know we'll get into that, but what I want to really say is I built my business. I had some clients. One of my clients was um, Pro Player Insiders, mm -hmm. and I did a lot of PR work for that platform. They're also an online independent sports platform, and mm -hmm. the owner, she really built it up to something uh, pretty special. So in doing work for her, uh, we actually went to Super Bowl in Phoenix. Like I had that opportunity to do that. That was like my first major event with her. And there were a lot of events that they had going on and I was handling the PR for it. So during that time frame, I actually tagged along with some of the reporters to the player media availabilities. And at this point in time, you know, I'm laser focused. Like if you know me from journalism and like we've seen, we've been in the same path, I'm a laser focused no matter what I'm doing. So right. like I'm there for PR, that's what I'm focused on. I got to give media to these events. Like that's what I'm thinking about. But anyway, at the media availability, I ended up having an opportunity to interview Russell Okung. I was, my one of my colleagues encouraged me to do it. Now, mind you, I've never done an interview at this point. <laughs> Wasn't thinking about journalism, but it ended up being like a really good casual conversation. And so the more I thought about it after I had some time to reflect and after the event was over, I was like, you know, that really came naturally. And I grew up wanting to be in journalism. I still love sports. I'm working in sports on the PR side. Right. So maybe I should take this a little bit more seriously. And I had a conversation with the owner of, of the platform, Pro Player Insiders. And she was very open to me writing stories and attending some events. And that's really how I got into sports journalism. But it was at the Super Bowl in Phoenix after that interview where it clicked to me like, okay, like you're onto something. You're actually really good to this. The players are interacting with you very well. Yeah. And so I was already like a good writer and a good storyteller. So I just had to put it together and then the rest has been history. <laughs> that's, 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 an, that's amazing. I mean, and see, that's, to me, that's a story where people can look and say, oh man, I can't do this. But then you look at a, a Karita Parks and you say, whoa, look, I mean, she was able to do that and you were able to build that brand and i think mm -hmm. i think people people don't realize how tough one that is and yeah. how much you had to go through it so that's amazing to me and i and i love that i love how you were able to get into that and then Thank look you. and look at you now you know yeah <laughs> but, yeah i mean you know i honestly you know i believe in a higher power and i think right. that it's really amazing to me how things have come full circle like my path originally started with pr I ended up in journalism, which is originally where I wanted to be. And now I'm able to do both. So, you know, I just look at it like you just got to keep working and it all kind of come together at some point. Right. And so then look at this. So you, we look at this and you got two brands that you've built. Mm -hmm. you Parks PR and then you got Double Take Sports, which I'm not going to lie to you. I was sitting back a couple months ago and I was like, <laughs> oh, Karina got her own brand. I was I was hyped, you know, I and I was that. So I did. I was like, she did it. And I'm not gonna yeah. lie. I was one of those people when I first saw it. I was like, what took her so long? Not even gonna lie to you. I said, oh. 
why is she, why is she taking so long to do this? I thought that you would be one of those people uh, that would have already had jumped onto that. So I was uh, surprised, you know, uh, I even tried to recruit you. And that's, that's how much talent I said, she's talented. I gotta find out Yes, how. thank you. Know, you. So, I mean, that, and so that's what for me, I was like, yeah, she's talented. It's, I would be very surprised that she doesn't have her own brand here soon. So it was good to see it, uh, you know, and, and now, you know, how did you build those two brands? How did you put them together and how are they going for you so far? Oh man, so, I'll start with Parts PR because that was the first brand that I built. And really, to be honest, it was a lot of hard work and believing in yourself because people really underestimate that when you're doing something on your own and you're building a brand, you know this, like you really have to believe in yourself and encourage yourself and push yourself along because you have those moments where it's like, oh my goodness. <laughs> but, but also building relationships. I am... For me, I'm a friendly person, but networking is something that I don't really necessarily like to do because sometimes it feels forced. It just depends on the situation. Yeah, yeah. When it comes naturally, that's perfect. But just actually like going out to network, don't like it. But I said to myself, if I want to be successful, I have to do that. So I put myself in different rooms and I just met different people. And once again, I just think things aligned as they were supposed to. So my first client was he has a platform called Word, words live and it infuses english and um hip-hop essentially hmm. but he actually introduced me to someone who was working with penny hardaway on a radio show mm -hmm. so that ended up being like those two ended up being my first clients but the penny hardaway radio show ended up being one of my major clients so from there, I just met different people and I started being able to use the work that I had done in the past to show like, hey, I'm good at what I do and I can do this. And truthfully, I'll be honest, like I was very blessed in the sense that a lot of my work came from word of mouth. So the more I did good work, the more I was referred. And that's kind of how I ended up building my brand. And then in addition to that, I love sharing my expertise, so I would do videos as well. Um, I, I could do better at that, but you know, it gets busy. So <laughs> yeah. but I started doing videos that people kind of appreciate getting that knowledge. So that was that. And then for Double Take Sports, man, that was on my spirit for like a while. So it's funny that you said, what took you so long? I mean, I, same I know thing I was here. Wondering. I know <laughs> I was, was wondering. Yeah, like that's that was on my spirit for a long time. And I had honestly been working on it very slowly, but before the pandemic. Right. The pandemic gave me an opportunity to really focus on it because, you know, everything just slowed down. And I just put the pedal to the metal and I was like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to push this out. And I think with Double Take Sports, because I have done work and done and contributed to other platforms, I had already started building a brand in sports. Right, so right. by the time I pushed out Double Take Sports, people probably did feel the same way. Like, well, what took us so long? So like the support was there. I mean, you know, I'm still trying to grow, but the support was there. And I was actually blown away at the support that I got when I rolled it out because I just didn't realize, you know, it would be like that. I thought I was gonna have to, you know, do a PR campaign. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, let me go to my expertise and see if I can. Right, make right, but it really didn't, didn't happen like that. I mean, to me, I look at it and say, well, 
like I said, I think a lot of people already probably thought you had your own platform. And, and like, <laughs> even for me, when I first met you, I thought you already had your own platform. Then I realized I was like, man, she, we got to do whatever it takes, you know? <laughs> and so, I mean, I said, I'm so happy for you because I knew, um, you know, I knew when I first like had a chance that we met and all that good stuff, I said, this is, she's talented. So it was Thank good to so see much. someone out there in the game, you know, working hard and, and, and inspired me to be honest with you. Uh, I, most of the people that I've brought on the show are people who inspired me, who yeah. I watched their work and I said, man, I love the hard work that they put in. And that's what I saw from you. So for me, I'm, I'm so happy for you and congratulations on all your success. I really appreciate that. I mean, sometimes we don't realize like what we're doing can inspire other people. So it's like really great to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, now that we've gotten a little bit of the background set, it's time for my favorite segment of the show. It is time for Quick Ones. Karita, are you ready for the Karita Parks edition, the AKA Double Take Sports edition of <laughs> Quick Ones here? Ooh, <laughs> I don't know. I've seen these Quick Ones and there's some stumpers sometimes. So I guess we shall see. <laughs> yeah, I'm here. I'm here to stump. That's my job. Um, so I'm gonna try to stump you on a couple of them. See, let's see what that mindset is. What, you ready? <laughs> I guess. No, All right. So the first one, and this is one I kind of give everybody, but I like to see where your mindset is on them. This one, give me your favorite athlete of all time. Ooh, my favorite athlete of all time. It's like a tie between Vince Carter and Allen Iverson. And that's probably what nobody would think. But I mean, growing up, man, I love their game. And I just, I do feel like NBA back when I was growing up is different than the NBA now. But I mean, they were talented in their own ways, especially like Vince back in his heyday with the Air Carter and making them dunks. So it's like a tie between Allen Iverson and Vince. Yeah, I can, I, I can see that. See that for me, it's like, I look at that and I was like, yeah, because Vince Carter, when he first came out, like he was in North Carolina and they, and they thought he was going to be a decent NBA player. Nobody saw the 22 year career. It, was, it feels like 20, it was a 22 year, right? Like yeah, I believe it's 22. Don't get me to lying, but I do think it's 22. Yeah, don't get me lying. <laughs> like 22 years in the league and all the greatness he done. And then of course, AI is from the 757 here in NBA. So, you know, he, him, uh, Michael Vick, guys like that are, you know, Virginia sports guys, Lawrence Taylor, those yeah. guys, those are sports guys around here. So AI, you know, he was the one when I was a kid that made me say, oh man, that's when I fell in love with like Georgetown uniforms. Oh my yeah. God, the Georgetown uniforms when I was a kid were phenomenal. They had that little, they right, are nice. the right when he was there, they had that little blue and gray stitching on the side. I was like, that's a bad jersey. So <laughs> I was a Georgetown fan for a while just because of Allen Iverson alone. Yeah, he just kind of like was a trendsetter in so many ways. I mean, just the game, the outfits, the braids, like practice. everything, practice. everything. <laughs> and people don't practice. We talk about practice. No, so, <laughs> right. And then nobody talks about it, but Vince Carter is a Floridian. So, you know, hmm. yes, he is from the Daytona area. So, I, you know, I did not know that. That's what I, I said. Nobody talks about that. Yeah. If I had to take a guess, I probably would have said he was from, I probably would have said he was from North Carolina only nope. because he went to UNC, but I had no clue he was from Florida. That's, I yeah. learned something today. Yeah, he had a restaurant, he had a restaurant down there and I think he has like some sort of clinic now, I forget. I, I want to say it's like a mental health facility, but yeah, like he still gives back to his community, so. That's Vince Carter, old Vince Carter. All right, yeah. next one. Uh, let's see, the interview you've always wanted to do. Oh, 
stumper. There we go. Bam. <laughs> that that is the stumper. Um, I will say it's the interview I've always wanted to do, but I think it's the interview I want to do now. Like mm. I would love to interview Colin Kaepernick just because mm. of everything that he's been through and he really has disappeared from media. It's like he, I'm sure he don't want to talk to talk to media anymore after like what happened. Right. But I just think he has, he would have such an amazing story to tell, like from his perspective. Mm -hmm. And then also just everything he's done, even though he's not in the game anymore, you know, he's still staying true to what he believes in and what actually got him blackballed. So right. I would love to interview Colin. I think if anybody can pull that thing off, I'm gonna tell you right now. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> gonna be tuned into that man, boy. Anybody that grabs that Colin Ka Kaepernick, and I know that's what I'm prepare, saying. You know, <laughs> look, prepare for the blow up because it's about to go down. <laughs> that's what I'm talking it's, about. <laughs> it's gonna be big time. Now, this next one here is gonna be interesting because I've never done this with anybody, but for episode oh goodness, and oh. for Rita. Uh, I have to do this. Now, Karita, of course, you cover everything that's DC sports. So I'm going to name a DC sports team. And I want you to give me a quick thought on that DC sports team. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Okay, let's do it. Yeah, okay. Well, let's start off with a, a layup. Let's go with the Washington Mystics. Champions. I like it. I like Champions. it. I like it. I like it. Uh, the Washington Wizards. <laughs> the Washington Wizards. I'm gonna say what I want to say is transitioning. I couldn't figure. I was like stuck between growth, but I, I don't think it's growth. I think it's transitioning. Honestly, yeah. I see that. I see that. I see that. The Capitals. Hmm. The Caps. I would say. I mean, with them, I automatically, even though it's not now, like I can't help but think about the Stanley Cup. I mean. Right you know, regardless of where they are right now, that was big for DC sports. So I'm just gonna say Stanley Cup. All day, all day. Of course, we gotta go with the last year World Series champions, the Washington Nationals. Juan Soto. <laughs> Juan Soto, fired, right? Just <laughs> but the, like that's, you know, I mean, besides the obvious, cause I feel like now DC sports, we have like so, so many champions now. So I'm like, okay, well, I don't want to keep repeating the champions. So Juan Soto, he yeah. is going to be, I mean, he already is, but he's so young. He's going to be a superstar for that team. Yeah. As long, this, you know, as long as they hold on to him. They lose Harper and then you get Soto. Like it just falls in yeah. your lap. You, and in between that time, you didn't have to pay Harper all that money. And you got the ring without him. Then you go and say, well, we got Juan Soto, so we're going to be all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, they are all right, you know? <laughs> right, right. And now, of course, you know where I'm going next. The Washington football team. This one's this one's a little bit uh, of both our outlets here, but uh, give us what your thoughts are on the Washington football team. I'm definitely rebuilding. Yes. And... <laughs> <laughs> I would say right now, because they are rebuilding, I would also say it's a little confusing in the sense of, I don't know if we really can tell right now where the, what the vision is, mm -hmm. but I think because there's still so much that they're trying to figure out with the players that they have. Right. And then there's been some injuries that creep up in there. 
um, you have the situation with Dwayne Haskins, and then, you know, now we have Kyle Allen. And I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Alex Smith again at some point. So all of those thoughts are related to the rebuilding, though. It's crazy. I think for me, I, I, I think my big word, and I've said it for the last year, is culture change. We we didn't we knew culture change. I think I think we've even talked about it in the past, but mm -hmm. uh, we knew culture change was coming. We just didn't know it was coming in this form. And yeah. I think we've seen so much um, happen for this team, good and bad, in the last year. Uh, they they're yeah. really if you want to talk transitioning, boy, they're really transitioning right now. So yes, it's they gonna, are. It's going to be very interesting. And then we heard the other day. Uh, I believe Jason Wright said that they may stick with the Washington football team uh, if it, a, a, as a name for, at least for the next year. Uh, and you brought up something a while back that I thought was very telling. A lot of Washington fans, I know we're going a little bit off topic here, but it's all right. No, I'm here for it. It's my show. What they gonna <laughs> say? Um, I will say this. You said something a while back that I told myself I had to bring up on the show. A lot okay. of people were upset. The Washington football team. How can you name them that? That's a dumb name. But you said something very interesting. I believe you said it on Twitter. And we're coming from the PR field. You said, hey, you can't just rush this. There's a lot of trademarking that goes into it. There's a lot of everything, making sure that you can secure everything up. And I think a lot of people don't realize that side of, the, uh, of, this, of this part. Yeah, other teams don't realize that when expansion teams pick their name, they're, they've been working on this for years. They've already exactly. had the names locked up for years. You're telling the Washington football team, you got to do this in, in what, two months at the, 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 at the time? So for me, I thought you said something pretty telling there when you, when you brought that up. I mean, it's true because people, like you said, they don't realize, like, so change, like rebranding is completely different than like changing a name. Right. Which is a which you're gonna have to do some rebranding, but changing a name kind of makes it completely different. It's an entire process, and if you want to do it right, then you need to talk to different people. Like you need to, you probably want to bring in the fans. They have sponsors. They have other stakeholders that they probably want to engage because one thing that makes a branding or rename successful is engaging these audiences through the process so they feel a part of it so that's one thing yep so you got that and then you know once you pick a name yeah you got to make sure the name is available and we saw that come up like we don't know what the names were but we saw a bunch of names were not available yeah. so you know there's a trademarking but then there's the url there's the social media there's just a lot that the the stadium i mean yes even if they change the colors i mean we know HTTR was on the walls. Like that name was absolutely everywhere. Right. So you have to repaint and, you know, whatever was on the seats. Like there's just a lot that goes yeah. into that. It is not a quick process. And I know people want it quick, fast, in a hurry, but I'm not surprised to hear that the name's going to be another year because I haven't even heard them really talk about that. They just right. hired a communications. Vice president, I believe. Right, right, right. Right. So that person will probably be heavily involved in addition to Jason Wright. So you got to consider that. And truthfully, I, I do wonder if they're going to change the name from Washington football team. I don't think, you know, I'm starting to think, I think they were hoping <laughs> that the fans caught on to it. 
they wouldn't have to make the change. And I think that's still something that could kind of linger that maybe we don't have to make the change. Maybe we can, yeah. if people start to, you know, get into it. I think fans, you know, there's still going to be those diehard, man, I don't care what anybody says. Oh, of course. Washington Redskin fan. That you're going to have those people. <laughs> I was watching you know, TV today say? and someone legitimately did that. They were like, yeah, you know, the Washington Redskins. And they were like, the Washington Redskins. Like, they were yeah. trying to make the point they that, like, sure no matter the point what. Out. This is what it is. <laughs> this is what I say it is. This is what yes. it is. <laughs> but yeah, it's going to be a fun two years to just try to figure out where that process goes. Because mm-hmm. I, I really do think that uh, whenever they do make the final decision on it, uh, I think the fans eventually will come around to it. I, I, but I think yeah. also they're going to want a winning product. So hopefully that's we, true. We get both of those things. They want something that they can sell, but like you have to do it right at the end of the day. And I will say if there's anything they're doing right, it is taking their time with this process because they were forced number one to change their name. Right. So you don't want to have to make the change again after you pick a name. So you got to get it right. Yes. And uh, me personally love the diversity they've been showing. Great job by the Washington yeah. football team on that. Great All job. Right, so the last one on quick ones. I know we went off topic, but like I said, my show, we do what we want. All right. I now, next the one. The <laughs> last, that one was fun. <laughs> last one on quick ones. <laughs> okay. Give me, your, the, look, give me the worst ice cream you've ever tasted. The worst ice cream I've ever tasted? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ooh. I mean, okay, this is not a cop out, I promise, but I love sweets. Okay. So... I don't know if there's an ice cream I've tasted that I don't like because there's almost like no dessert that I don't like. Except, <laughs> I mean, I'm not really into pumpkin. Like, I'm not into pumpkin though, so I don't like pumpkin pie or anything like that. But um, I can't think of an ice cream. <laughs> like I said, I'm greedy. Don't like. <laughs> I saw pumpkin ice cream the other day at Food Line. Oh. Like, I don't know. I don't know if y'all got Food Lines up that way. But we have a food line down here and it's a grocery okay. store and they have pumpkin ice cream. I said, no, nah, bro, I'm going to pass. But uh, see, I will say, even though I haven't tried it, that's probably an ice cream I wouldn't like. I, I do drink like the pumpkin spice lattes, but other than that, I don't delve too much down the pumpkin road. So I, I would imagine that's an ice cream that I wouldn't like. Okay. Okay. Well, we got to finish on a positive note. Well, well, since we don't have one, give me your favorite ice cream. Then. What's what's the what's your go-to ice cream, Karita? I like butter pecan. Okay. And Rocky Road. Hey, see, <laughs> see, I, I got a Rocky Road. Bluebell used to make one called Rocky Mountain Road. That Ooh. thing delicious and what they say that that name sounds good oh my (laughs) best thing about it was i like walnuts uh and then they put almonds in there but they threw a couple different nuts in there and he had like they it was rocky road but they had walnuts almonds and they threw something else in there and i'm gonna tell you it was delicious and now they don't sell it anymore no (laughs) no i I email them all the time i'm like are you emailed them come on i emailed them i sent tweets to them i'm like bro oh that must be a good ice cream i'm like i need y'all to bring it back man just once i just need it back once so i can say i had it one more time it's been a couple years since they have it but and i just want to try it yeah it's a beast it's definitely a beast (laughs) that's bluebell so i'm not surprised by that (laughs) all right everybody that was the Karita parks edition of quick ones here on the legacy maker sports network and on one-on-one and before we get off of here 
first of all, like I said before and at the beginning, Corita, we truly appreciate you coming on to today's show and gracing us with your wonderful presence. But of course, we got to finish off with leaving your legacy. And we want you to just let us know about any special projects you got going on. And we want you to let us know what type of legacy you want to leave in the sports and PR industry. Okay, I guess I could tell you the projects first, because the legacy sounds like a powerful thing that's just like in the show. So, all right. Um, as far as projects, I'm still working on Double Tate Sports. So please follow and support my platform. It's at DBL Take Sports. Uh-oh, you went black. There we go. <laughs> You're back. You're back. Okay. So, <laughs> um, I, I got a call, like, I forgot about that option. But anyway, so, you can follow me on Double Take Sports. That's at DBL Take Sports. And the website's uh, dbltakesports.com. I'm always writing content, and I've started a audio and video podcast called Another Side of the Story. Okay. Um, I only have, I'm only at episode one, so <laughs> I did oh, one. Good. Yeah, you know, just starting very slowly. Like, I literally just started, and I've done a few um, NFL preview shows and such, so just support that content, and on the PR side, for the most part, I'm participating in different panels and such. So as those come up, if you follow me on my personal site at Carita C. Parks on Instagram and Twitter, you'll see more information about the speaking engagements and other things that I'm involved in. And also podcasts and appearances like this, continuing to do that as well. <laughs> Well, that's what we love, Corita. We, uh, we, like I said, we truly appreciate you on that. Yes. Coming on. And so we got, I mean, the legacy though. We got, yes. What about that legacy? I was just thinking about that. I was like, oh, wait. Okay. So my legacy, you know, I think I'm going to use a terminology I've actually seen you use mm -hmm. on social media, but I want my legacy to be known as a national treasure <laughs> your favorite yeah. word <laughs> i love it i love but, it but in all seriousness i want to be someone who is known for the work that i've done being a mentor to other young people in sports and pr building two successful businesses and brands that actually give back and employ like these young people, especially like it's independence, like it's difficult. So just being able to give people an opportunity either way it goes. And then in addition to that, you know, I want people to remember my writing. Like, did you see that bomb article Karita wrote or that fire interview that she did, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right, like, so I want people to look back and be like, man, you know, she was a national treasure. Ladies and gentlemen, the wonderful, <laughs> the beautiful, the hashtag future national treasure. Yes. Parks. She is the CEO and founder of, of course, uh, Parks PR and Double Take Sports. Karita, I love you, sweetheart. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. It's Thank nice you so much. Thank you for coming on to uh, 101, episode 30, the Karita Parks yes. edition. Milestone. Yes, I love the it. milestone, ladies and <laughs> gentlemen. 
once again, everybody, I'm Darrell Lawrence, Legacy Maker Sports Network. This has been One on One. Thank you, Karita, once again. And we will see you all next week because next week, episode 31, we got Mr. Rudy Reyes coming on to the podcast. I'm Darrell Lawrence. Until next time. Thanks. Welcome to the one-on-one. When it comes to ratings, man, we number one. I get the truth, then I give them the scoop. If anybody got a question, I give them the proof. Welcome to the one-on-one. When it comes to ratings, man, we number one. I get the truth, then I give them the scoop. If anybody got a question, I give them the proof. Welcome to one-on-one at Legacy Maker Sports Network.